0: It's a terminal island lockdown. Terminal island lockdown. Goo 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 Hello there. Goo 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 my ass, all right? It just took me 30 minutes to set this up. And the problem, you want to know the problem? Uh, The microphone cable was not plugged in. There are days and there are days... Um, I'm glad I'm not fucking around with that piano anymore. I don't know if anybody's noticed there hasn't been little piano diddles in the background. Mainly because I shifted spots. I used to do this at the sardine with where the piano was on stage. Um, But since I resumed, we've been open, so it's kind of harder to do it there. And I don't actually live there in an RV down by the river so there's that. There's also, there's also, I need to explain this. I haven't, I haven't explained it yet that there's a different version of this on Spotify. And it's the only way I could get it on Spotify is, is cutting and pasting most of the stuff that I say, and then using Spotify's, um, musical music selection. So, so you're getting, um, roughly the same kind of talk but you're not getting the same songs all the time if you listen to it on spotify Uh, especially if it's not on there and sometimes i play demo versions or alternative versions or just demos that are never released so you're not getting those you're basically getting whatever music is on spotify it's there so you know i mean you say tomato i say moon pie am i right with Water, Water Everywhere. Before that was Can of Beans with Temptation. Um, Right before that was Screaming Targets with Busy Signals. Um, Before that was Bastidos with Parade. Um, Look for that vinyl coming out soon. And to start it all off, it was Off With Their Heads with the theme song off a fresh hospital's re-release buy it now off of their heads is also coming to san pedro june 17th and playing the sardine that's gonna be awesome don't miss out don't flake out don't just sit around and say oh i don't go to shows anymore because i'm doing this like a lot of people are doing um or you know you can if you want i don't care i really don't care I don't care that you just sit on ass. Fuck you. I don't care at all. Do what you want. Seriously, do what you want. Piece of shit. Um, let's get into some bedtime stories, shall we? Because we, we, someone needs to go to bed, all right? I don't know. It ain't me, babe. It's Gabe. Gabe Dinger asked this week's question for recess bedtime stories. For you now
1: Rock-a-bye, baby and- Shut your fucker!
0: okay, so Gabe's question was it's not a question it's a sentence. He says, "I've always wondered how you met and connected up with Black Dahlia from the Dwarves um, and that's a that's a very uh cool and interesting story I guess um, it was mainly it was mainly Jed's doing the the late great Jed skipper um, he he was you know we both were huge dwarfs fans but he he probably definitely got me into him um, he actually tried to get me into a lot of bands that I was reluctant at first because I was I was you know the hardcore kid who um, was not as open-minded with music um, as I, you know, as I eventually became after, you know, smoking some weed and um, and just growing up and realizing that, wow, there's a, a lot of great bands besides Minor Threat, Seven Seconds, and The Germs. Um, <clears throat> he actually, Jed actually, Tried to get me to go see Nirvana at this club called Jabberjaw in LA, and Jabberjaw is the size of your living room. And I said no, because for some reason I falsely accused them of being, you know, Hollywood, you know, schlock rock, like one of those um, Cinderella type bands. Totally wrong, obviously. Um, they're one of the greatest bands to ever live. Um, I eventually got into them, but way too late to see them at Jabberjaw. And I, to this day, I regret it. And don't make that mistake. Go see that band. Don't, don't judge them of being something when they're not. Go check them out first and then let your mind do the deciding. Um, so Jed pretty much one day... Just out of the blue said, we we should get Blag to produce an FYP record. And um, Jed being Jed, you know, and me being me, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> whatever. Uh, let's, yeah, whatever, you, what, you know, dreams are free, motherfucker. Um, lo and behold, a few weeks later, Jed's talking to Blag on the phone. And um, little did I know, Blag really wanted to, you know, he was getting his foot through the door of production, and he really wanted to produce bands, and um, maybe even more so at the time than, than playing, even though he was still playing, but he was more focused on his solo, his Black Dahlia project. Um, the He did one CD, and it didn't really work out too well, but, you know, he's still doing that, so kudos. Anyways, um, we ended up going to a studio in Hollywood but it was in somebody's house and we recorded three songs and it was Motley Crue's ex-house that's we were in this debauchery this this den of debauchery um, recording the three songs that would go on the split with propagandi, the FYP propagandi split it was Mate Like Porcupine's Glamorettes and Dinky Bassetti, those three songs. Um, and we had fun. We were like, "Holy shit, this is a guy in a band that we love." Um, he, he, you know, was, you know, pleasant enough, even though I'm probably being sarcastic because he, he could totally be a dick, especially back then, but. Uh, we got it done and we had, we had fun together somehow. Um, That, that continued as most of you might know that, you know, for, for three more FYP albums. um, uh, Some of them worked out. Some of them didn't. Some of them I paid way too much than I was supposed to. He's still apologizing to this day. Um, But that was always um, a cool relationship because he would get, everything set up for us and we we were just knuckleheads who wanted to tour 7 months out of the year instead of really focusing on recording. I at the time and I hate this, I hate saying this, but you know, life is full of this. At the time I hated being in the studio. I didn't I wish I took some time to like learn what they were doing and kind of focus on them. But I was always just looking at my watch. I want to get out of here. I'm every time I'm every second I'm in here, I'm paying $5. And, um, I was so used to paying nothing. And just, just like it is now, which I, which I love now. I love the recording aspect of today where you could just do it in your bedroom, do it in your garage. Um, and back then it was just, uh, I just didn't, I didn't like, wasting time and, and money when that could have been going to something else. But, you know, those records, you know, they, they live forever and whatever else I could have spent it on probably doesn't. So that is good. Um, and the doors, the doors were one of those, I call them one of my pivot bands where I just, you know, you, you're going, you're going around, you're listening to this and listening to that, and you kind of get burnt out on a certain, Sound, um, you know, a certain, you know, the stuff you're listening to, you're just getting burned down on it. Easy to understand, right? The Dwarves were one of those bands where, um, I call them a a pivotal live experience, and there's there's a difference. There's for me there's there's pivotal records, and there's or just just you know recordings. Um, It could be a compilation song, um, or you know any any type of a demo, anything, a tape, anything that you hear, and then there's the live experience. And um, a, a good examples for for the pivotal albums, you know, it would be like you know, you know, Screeching Weasel, uh, Born Against, um, you know, just bands that just kind of wow, this is different, and I love it. Um, at the time, by the way, the li- the live pivotal bands, the first one that just completely changed my life and and keep in mind my first show was i think in 80, 84 85 at Fender's Ballroom and it was 7 seconds and they were pretty much my first band that just changed that changed my mind about music where i was like i like punk rock and this is i'm going to dig into this and this is it and they're my favorite so i already knew that when i went to see them it was exactly or it was it was above it was above what i expected it was awesome but the first band that actually changed that was mdc i remember going to fenders and not knowing what to expect and here's dave dictor wearing a dress um throwing trash into the crowd just just not it wasn't the, sh- the straight edge hardcore scene at all and that's what was going on um the the straight edge hardcore scene was great fast music that I that I loved and grew up on and yearned for but it was a little too metalish it was getting really metalish and definitely too jockey you know I love sports but chocks I could do without um and saying nothing against that whole scene because I loved it and I I went to all the shows but MDC was the one that made me go hmm this it it could be dirty and scummy and still fast blistering punk rock. Um, so MDC changed my life. They're, their are million, millions of dead cops album. Oh my God. Come on. It's still to this day, to this day, it stands the test of motherfucking time. And on to the dwarves. I remember, I don't know what year it is and maybe I'll dig it up later and, and, uh, reshoot it but uh it was at Bogarts in Long Beach I'm pretty sure it was um during the Think Heavens tour I could be wrong but me and Jed went paid 10 bucks and back then 10 bucks was like 50 now going to going to a small show and paying 40 or 50 at least 40 it's probably averagely about 50 now. So it's a, it was a lot of money back then. And they played for 10 minutes. And those 10 minutes were was just a mind fuck. It was a blistering, psychedelic mind fuck. Where I... Pe- people were pissed off because it was so, so short. But I was... I remember going to Europe um, for a skate, some skate thing. The next day, and I was on the plane. And the whole time, I was just... Thinking about the door show, fucking crazy. And then fast forward to where you're able to work with them. It's it's pretty awesome, um, and and a you know a few pivotal bands to be able to you know I don't I, lack of a better word I guess it's the bands that actually steer you into onto a different path of inspiration and um. You know, working with the dwarves and Screeching Weasel, who um, obviously inspiring, also got me into a lot of trouble, which is which is fun sometimes. Sometimes it's stressful because um, I think, for the most part, people could be really dumb, and that's my opinion. And you can't take it away, and you can't even can't even comment on this because it's a podcast. So there. But I mean, there is there is a lot of weird hypocrisy going out about stuff like that, because, I mean, if you, if you look at the, 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 the female ticket buyers for these bands, um, the ratio compared to some of these Lunkheads favorite bands, it's laughable. So, um, to see people try to, they're they're sticking up, they're sticking up for the, for the (laughs) the opposite sex. It's, it's, um, ridiculous. It's like, don't speak for them. Let them like what they want to like. Um, there's, you know, there's also, you know, maybe if you're gonna judge a, a band or any sort of artistic thing based on a personality, you should try to get to know that personality if you're gonna judge it. That's just, that's my opinion. But go ahead, you're gonna keep doing what you're gonna do and um, you're going to fail at life. You know, and to try to choke art, you know, I mean, I could just say, you know, I mean, this is a bad analogy because I'm gonna brand comedy, and some some of you think even comedy overall should be banned, but imagine going into a your local comedy club, like the comedy store or you know some something where you're just gonna hear something off the cuff. Some guy's gonna walk up there, some girl's gonna get up there just. Out of, out of nowhere and and just give you this blistering, blazing comedy set, and then compare that to Saturday Saturday Night Night Live now. So it's I mean that's that's what you're kind of you're trying you're trying to clean up something that was never made to be censored or clean. So let's play something dirty.
1: First some uh, free cocaine for you to uh, <laughs> get it going. All right. <laughs> Drop you read. I just wanna take to your freako jail right now! He ain't no the best thing he's in life all praise! And if it be, why don't you give it to me? Yeah
0: on the S-Fi. No way. And I'm not talking about the sci-fi. I'm not talking about the so-fi. We want, we want to thank Gabe Dinger for sponsoring this whole episode and everything that he's done. And all of you for listening, um, thanks for keeping it dirty. It's a Terminal Island Lockdown. Terminal Island Lockdown.